Hello, hello, this is Echo. I am uh, here getting ready to read you all one of my poems. Um, yeah, this is my first podcast, so I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing, so please be patient with me. Um, <laughs> I guess I probably shouldn't talk your ear off, and I should probably just start reading. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on this adventure with me. I'll get to it. She stares at the television with a look of horror as she cries, the image of the latest black man to die reflecting blurrily in her tear-stained eyes. Within her lap, a little biracial baby sleeps, peacefully ignorant to the reality of what so many think his skin color means, his pigment the deciding factor of how unjustly afraid they will be of him and how afraid he will need to be. She teaches him to use his words when he gets angry, while secretly fearing that he will cross paths with someone in power who will treat his words as though they're empty no matter what content she teaches him to fill them with. She fears the fact that no matter how much time and love she breathes into his life, it can all be taken away in less time than it takes her to tuck him into bed at night, and she fears the people who are supposed to protect him. She is already choking on the thought of this little baby being the grown man she is watching on the television who is begging for his mother while he is crying that he can't breathe. And suddenly, her lungs feel smaller because she realizes that she is watching a mother lose everything in less than nine minutes because some asshole decided to make a weapon using his knee. She holds hands with strangers during a pandemic to protest, and while she marches, she chants some of their names on a repeat as she thinks about who these men and women might have grown to be, what were their dreams, who is clutching photos of them at night while they grieve, trying to keep them alive through replays of their memories so that they do not forget everything that the deceased used to be. There is a mural of a murdered black man made out of chalk on the street, and she cannot help but worry that when the rain comes and washes it away, the people once again forget and retreat. But the next day, someone has spray-painted the man's name across every mailbox on her street along with the quote, I can't breathe. And one of her neighbors is already painting over the words so they can't be seen. A shiny new coat of white paint to cover up the black ink. Her other neighbor is taking a photo with his phone so he can upload it across all of his social media platforms because he believes in equality. Hashtag keep fighting back. She puts her hand in her pocket to grasp the receipt for one spray paint bottle, color black. She brings her mail inside, thinking about how she is willing to give everything that she is to prevent any more people like her son from having to die, and the TV is now broadcasting riots, and it's pretzeling her up inside because she doesn't condone violence, but she is so tired of all the silence, and she feels like the fear of all-out chaos is less intense than the fear she feels for her loved ones on a daily basis. She wants the revolution to happen yesterday because already there have been too many generations that have had to pay for the price of so many people being racist and the thought of her son having to go through those motions makes her so angry that she can understand why people want America to burn for its crime of segregation amongst those with different skin tones and she is enraged that there are white people who do horrible things to others because their privileged asses act as bulletproof vests that give them free passes to literally get away with murder, scotch-free. Her husband was taught to fear the police and speak carefully in their presence because one wrong step and he goes from being a person to being a statistic just like all the rest. He's afraid of the day where he needs to teach the same thing to his son and hopes that there is never a time where he goes to get his ID out and is mistaken for pulling out a gun. 
He hates that he needs to pass down his fear as a rite of passage, especially when he knows that at the same time there are so many white children who are inheriting their parents' invincibility mindsets. And it's not fair that black children are forced to be raised in fear. And if this doesn't change, there's a part of both him and her that doesn't care if they have to watch the whole damn system burn. In fact, they are willing to dance on the smoldering remains of its ashes while they wait for the phoenix of equality to rise up and cradle the next generations on its wings regardless of what their race is. As she cradles her beautifully colored baby, she thinks about how Martin Luther King had a dream, and while she wants hers to be as peaceful as he made it seem, she is too damn tired to only protest peacefully, and she doesn't feel like there's time for such a luxury. She feels like she needs to change the world before her baby before he goes out into it, but she can't figure out the best way to change everyone's mentality so that they understand that people like her son deserve to live because their lives mean something. And if she could convince the world of this, she would give anything, for she knows, she knows with every fiber of her being that there is no putting a price tag on someone's life and no such thing as racial minority. Now if only she could get that message heard over their racial bigotry. The image of the latest black man to die reflects blurrily in her tear-stained eyes. Within her lap, a little biracial baby sleeps, peacefully ignorant to the reality of what so many think his skin color means. The outcome of this revolution, the deciding factor of how unjustly afraid people will be of him and how afraid he will need to be.